Quick disclaimer. If you're experiencing low moods or struggling with your mental health, I have put some links in the description of all streaming platforms of places where you can get free support in the UK, as well as some international charities. I will remind you throughout the episode, but also just want to state a trigger warning that we will be discussing things such as anxiety, low moods, depression, and also suicidal thoughts. If you want to listen, but are scared you're going to be triggered, I've also put some timings with what is explicitly referenced at different parts throughout the episode so you can just skip through those parts if you don't want to listen on that note i hope you enjoyed today's episode hello everyone welcome back to a new episode of juicy conversations with julie i'm julie i am your host and today i am very nervous very nervous for a couple of reasons the first one being that this is my first solo episode um and also nervous because of the topic of today, which is why I'm alone, as today we're going to be talking about mental health. Um, more specifically, my mental health journey, most of all with anxiety. Um, I'm going to do a disclaimer now, a quick trigger warning. I haven't planned this episode very well, so I can't know for sure what we'll be talking about, but I can almost assure you that there will be obvious references to anxiety and triggers um as well as low moods symptoms of depression and there may be mention of suicidal thoughts so if these are topics you are sensitive to or find triggering i will put some timings in the bio on youtube and on spotify and apple Podcasts, so you can know when we're getting into those triggering topics as always before i start if you enjoy the podcast please don't forget to subscribe and follow me on social media platforms as well as streaming platforms. You can leave ratings and review on Spotify, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. They're always much appreciated um, and it helps me grow and know what you guys like and don't like. Okay, so let's get into it. So as I said, yes, I'm doing an episode about mental health. I've been going back and forth. Mental health has been something that I've wanted to talk about on this platform since I first started it. I've just never known under which form um, for the anecdote and some of the people who listen to this will remember. We recorded an episode for Mental Health Week a year ago and I lost all of the footage. My files were corrupt and I lost everything about 10 minutes before posting. So lost all that content. And um, since then, to be fair, so that would have been May of 2021, I've been having a pretty with my mental health i'm gonna put it bluntly this is gonna be an honest episode and so i've been thinking i want to talk about this at some point when i get better um at first i was thinking i could talk about it with other people i could talk about it and framing as talking about adulthood and how scary that can be i could frame it as talking about anxiety i didn't really know where i was going but i knew i wanted to talk about it and then one lovely day on the beautiful world of instagram i saw one of my favorite youtubers um, do um, face-to-face just her interview where she talked about her experience with anxiety for three to five minutes and I thought do you know what this could work she's someone that I that I followed for years and one of the things that I love about her is her content is so open and she talks very freely about her mental health um, and she's always been very relatable and has made me feel way less lonely in moments where I felt like I was going insane um, and I thought, okay, I need to do this. This has made me feel so good. I just thought if I can be a part of that conversation and help 
people open up, people choose to start having those conversations, whether you suffer with your mental health or not at all. Just push those conversations and give some more perspective to either, as I said, people who are struggling and might find some of this relatable or people who have no clue what anxiety is and entails. So yeah, this is how this episode came to be. I thought I'm not a therapist, so I, I won't have solutions to everybody's issues. And no part of me is saying that I do. I'm just thinking that why not? Why not share my experience, share how I deal with things, share why, how, what. Um, and if it helps, it helps. If it doesn't, to be fair, this is essentially a free therapy session. So yeah, so let's jump in. So anxiety, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, but yeah, so anxiety. Um, I struggle and have struggled with anxiety pretty much my whole life. I'm 23 now and I don't think I can remember a time where anxiety wasn't a part of my life, even as a child when I didn't realize what it was. Um, and I became aware of my struggles and how my brain works. I started becoming aware at least at around 16 and started doing something about my mental health probably four years ago after I had, I experienced prolonged low moods. I was never diagnosed with depression so i don't want to say it was that but we'll say yeah a depressive episode whatever we want to call it um so yeah so my anxiety translates in two main forms the first one is how it all started for me i think which is very existential um my main fear is the unknown i am terrified of the unknown and so that has manifested in different way she performs. Um, so as a child, I remember, well, no, I don't remember this actually, but my parents have told me that very early on in my childhood, I became aware of what death was and became terrified of death. And I mean, can you blame me? Aren't we all? Um, and for a long, long time, up until my teenage years, I thought, okay, no, I'm just, I've got an extreme fear of death. I can't really talk about it. I'll start crying and having a panic attack. And then as I got older, I realized it was also things like time and the idea of the endlessness of time, things like space and the universe having no limits. Um, anything, it just became the unknown. Anything I couldn't find a rational answer to terrified me, absolutely terrified me. Um, anything I couldn't comprehend with my human brain terrified me as well. And. So yeah, when I became more aware of that, <laughs> I thought it was a quick fix. I thought, okay, well, as long as people do not talk about the universe, death, the infinity of time, um, and that's pretty much it, I'm all right, I'm fine. But it gets more complicated than that, of course. Um, I've always been like a very, very sensitive and emotional person, um, which is good because it means that when I'm happy, I'm very happy, but when I'm upset, I'm extremely upset no matter how silly it may sound to somebody else and no matter how silly it sounds to me most of the time. So yeah, so those were the main things. And then the other form of anxiety, which I struggle to explain a little bit more because I'm still not too sure where it comes from and we'll get into that later, but I recently started therapy, so hopefully I will find out where that come fr comes from. But I don't know if you could describe it as social anxiety per se, but I fear how people perceive me. I fear people's opinions, whether it is of myself, of my work, of my looks, of everything. And just overall people looking at me. It can be fear of my family or my boyfriend or my friends 
suddenly hating me. It can be a fear of classmates, colleagues, just people that I'm around but that aren't in my close circle disliking me, just like it can be fear of going to the store and people looking at me. So extremely scared by people's outlook on an interpretation, I guess, of my person. Um, so those are the main two and throughout my life they've manifested again in many, many ways, shape, forms. Anxiety, um, social anxiety, not being able to go out, breakdowns, panic attacks, shutting myself out, sometimes anger. Uh, yeah, um, I went to uni when I was 18. I moved out of my parents who live in Paris and I moved to Guildford in the south of England for university. My first year went fabulously. I partied hard. I made some great friends. I got a job that I never went to. Um, you know, I was going home as much as I wanted. I had my high school sweetheart boyfriend and we were doing long distance and it was going horribly wrong, but I kept telling myself it was going great. Everything was going okay. I wasn't doing close to enough work. And that summer hit. I broke up with my now ex-boyfriend who I'd been with for quite a while at that point. Um, and I also had to reset almost half of my exams um, because yeah, when you party hard and go back to France and go to London all the time and only focus on your friends and your hangovers, of course you reset. So my self-esteem kind of plummeted, obviously. And I mean, I was 19. Uh, I. I think a lot of people at 19 aren't sure who they are exactly and probably aren't fully comfortable with who they are. So as most 19 year olds, I wasn't very confident. I was kind of learning who I was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. So obviously breaking up with your first love doesn't help either. So I did my resets, passed them all, um, got resets the next year, but that's another story for another day. Um, started uni again and completely ignored the clear signs that I wasn't doing okay. The very clear signs. And my mental health degraded week by week, like at, a, at such a quick rate. I very quickly shut myself out from a lot of people and stopped going out, stopped seeing a lot of people, um, stopped working because the stress and anxiety of failing would just stop me from doing any work. Um, thankfully I had a job which that job kind of saved my life um, that I had to go to because there were bills to be paid and rent to be made every month so I didn't really have a choice but that essentially within two three months was the only thing I was going to um, I just completely given up on everything pretty much and I just felt extremely extremely sad constantly I felt completely useless and worthless. I felt like I would never be good enough for anyone. I started feeling that the world would be a better place without me. I started feeling that life wasn't worth living. And I managed to convince myself that there was no point in getting better because this was the real me. This is what, how I was supposed to feel. This is what is normal for me and this is who I am. So a very intense, vicious circle of negativity which through the help of my friends, through the help of my family, and through the help of my student job, um, I got better. I got better and I entered a year and a half, two years of literally the best years of my life. I was a lot more attentive to my body and to my mind and to what it was telling me. I was ready to 
be better for others, for myself, to just do better. I was ready to thrive. It was exciting. It was just a period of reconstruction. I started doing journalism around that time, which really boosted my confidence because I finally felt like I'd found my thing and I really didn't expect to. And I was just, I loved it and I was so passionate about it. Um, and yeah, it just, a big period of reconstruction, of feeling more and more confident, feeling more and more comfortable in myself, um, feeling that yes, I was enough, yes, I was intelligent enough, um, yes, I was pretty enough, all of those things that you might think, and also building building myself and deciding this is what I want to be, this is what I don't want to be anymore, these are the people I want to leave, these are the people I want to keep, this is what I want to achieve in life, this is what I want to do, just construction. I was very happy. I was surrounded by loads of amazing people. I was just focusing on myself and also focusing for the first time on my education and on just being in the moment and working hard for things, which I hadn't really done before, if I'm honest. And that was great. The pandemic happened and the first lockdown was great. I was with my family and we, were, we are so, so lucky. It was great. And then second year of the pandemic, 2021 it all started going downhill from there as well i think and i'm saying this from uh from a very privileged perspective of i haven't lost anyone directly very close to me due to covid um i uh, i financially i was okay i was still able to do the studies that i love um i met my current partner who was great so it was it was all right, but it had been a year of you're locked in, you're not, you're locked in, you're not, it's scary, vaccine, no vaccine, whatever. It just had been a year of nonstop stress and anxiety and fear that we all felt that I think everybody can relate to. We were doing uni online and we were so done with it. We wanted to see people, we wanted to see our lecturers, we wanted to come in and interact. I did a politics degree, so a lot of it was debating and we were just so t sick and tired of Zoom. It was just, it was just a lot, as I mentioned. So I resat my first and my second year. I decided that doesn't mean I'm not gonna get a good distinction in my degree. And so I started working my absolute ass off. Some of, some of my closest friends lived like literally four houses down from me. They'd literally see me walk to the library at like nine in the morning and come back at like midnight. But I was motivated. I was growing this podcast at the same time, which very bad idea. Don't do that. Don't burn yourself out. I was doing an internship and then my student job opened again. So for a period of time, I was doing all four at the same time. I was exhausted. I wasn't necessarily getting the results that I wanted. And I was so, so busy that I wasn't seeing anyone. I wasn't seeing my friends in Guildford. I wasn't seeing my friends outside of Guildford. And some of my relationships were really starting to deteriorate because I just couldn't give my time and energy to everybody at the same time. And I just wanted this freaking degree. I wanted to do well in it. I wanted to finish uni and be proud of what I'd done. I wanted this podcast to continue to grow and do it all at the same time. Um, it was just a lot at once and a lot of high expectations, a lot of self-doubt, and a lot of just mental and physical exhaustion, which means that towards the end of my degree, I enjoyed the lectures and I enjoyed the work and everything, but I was so miserable. I was so tired. I was putting so much pressure on myself. It was just, it was just hard. It was a lot. Um, and I think by the end of my degree, I was just emotionally exhausted. And that's when anxiety thrives. So yeah, I didn't really have time to process 
uh, everything that had happened, I kind of finished my degree and went into my student job full time again. Um, kind of graduated in the middle of all that, but was all consumed by my job, which was very intense as well. I just did a lot of hours, which is life. Like people have to work hard, but I was working 50 plus hours weekly, which is just not good with one or zero <laughs> days off. And sometimes consecutive 10, 11, 12 hour shifts, which again is life and there's a lot of people's lives but i can tell you having done it's not not great um, i'm not saying it's not doable and i have so much respect for people who have to do this or who choose to do this but it is draining so physically i was exhausted um mentally i was also looking for a graduate job which is stressful and comes with a lot of rejection and so of course on i'm tired I'm constantly busy, I'm being rejected a lot, I've neglected the podcast because I just do not have time to physically do it all. I've completely isolated myself from everyone because, again, I just physically can't do it all. And my anxiety just started getting terrible again. Very existential. Because, of course, in the middle of all this, I'm in my early 20s, just finished uni. Of course, what do your early 20s consist of? Existential crises. So existential crisis of what do I want to do with my life? What is this? What is the meaning of life? Oh my God, this is so stressful. Why am I on this earth? I'm not even sure I want to be here. And again, and again, and again, we spiral down into negativity of, I don't even like the society we live in. I never chose to be here. And now I'm stuck. I'm just thinking, like, I don't want to do this. I start feeling so trapped because it's like, I can't do anything about this. It's a trigger warning, suicidal thoughts. It's a hard one because it's like, there's kind of no solution. But last summer was the summer 2021 was the first time that I was actually considering it. Um, I was just like, maybe I should. Maybe, maybe it is the best, the best outcome. So in the middle of this existential crisis of I'm not even sure I want any of this. I'm not even sure I'm ready for life. I'm not even sure this is worth it. This is so scary and overwhelming and I am so lost. On top of that, I'm exhausted and something that I can understand. On the back end of this, there's people that I haven't talked to or seen for months sometimes. And I used to be very good at keeping in touch with people, seeing people. Some people aren't super happy with me, understandably. They're like, where are you? You've disappeared. And they feel, I don't know if they feel abandoned or whatever, but it's kind of like, well, she's not talking to us, so we're not gonna talk to her. And what happens, a lot of people just aren't here anymore, which again, isn't my fault, but isn't their fault either. And, but it contributes to the fact that I'm like, and on top of everything, I've never felt lonelier in my life. My family, it was COVID. I couldn't go home even if I wanted to. I just feel so lonely. I feel like I have no one, which terrifies me. I'm crying every day. I'm having panic attacks weekly. It's just, I'm so lost, I feel so alone, I feel so sad, I feel so drained, I feel so clueless, and it's just so overwhelming. Like, being alive is just so overwhelming, and I just can't take it. So the people I was working with, who are some of my best friends, which made it great, must have been horrible for them. I don't know how they're still friends with me, because sometimes I would be horrible. I would just be in terrible moods, I'd make no effort, but I was just so lost and overwhelmed with how lost and alone I felt. Again, unless it was for work and I only got up for work because I needed to pay my rent, I did nothing. I wasn't really cooking. I was just like drained. I couldn't live, I couldn't function. My boyfriend literally is 
a saint because he essentially was my body for that whole summer, two, three months. I didn't have the energy or the mental capacity to do anything. I was just constantly haunted by the crippling anxiety and not knowing what to do and just simply trigger warning, not wanting to be here. I didn't want to do it anymore. And progressively things got better. Um, I lost a lot of people, but a lot of people were also showed up. I think most people in my life were aware of what was going on because I just completely disappeared. And a lot of them were great in the sense that they were like, take your time. I know you're going through a lot right now. Um, you don't have to reply to this. You don't have to see me, but just so you know, I'm thinking of you. And if you need anything, I'm here. When you're ready, we'll see each other again. And yeah, eventually I started messaging people back and being like, hello, <laughs> do you remember me? <laughs> I'm still here. Um, I started having motivation to cook, to get out of bed, to do my own grocery shopping, to shower. Yeah, I was not showering every day, I'll be honest, because one, I did not have the strength to, but also because I was terrified. And how sad is it to be scared of simple things like cooking dinner in silence and sleeping and showering? Like I now shower with Netflix on as well, or a podcast or something. But yeah, I've got, I've got to have something on, usually visual as well, so that if my mind, if my anxiety is really, really, really fighting me, I can then just start looking as well and just like be hypnotized by what's going on. But yeah, so things started getting better. I got a job doing something that I really wanted to do. Got a nine to five, which meant that I could sleep <laughs> a lot more. I went home and it was hard, but it was good. It was a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of tears but I hadn't seen my family in a year. It just felt great to be back, which is exactly what I needed. Um, so yeah, it got, it started getting better. And then I got back to the UK in January and I decided that I would finally get some help because I thought this is not doable anymore. This is not manageable. My anxiety at this point in my life had and still has to a certain extent completely taken over my life, was fully controlling me controlling everything that I did and everything that I didn't do, controlling my relationships with others, controlling my job, controlling this podcast, because I just couldn't. And I thought, you can't live like this. It's not okay. You know deep down that this is all anxiety and it's taken over. And existential thoughts and crises are normal, but you can't let it get to the extent that it's at. I, I, it's ridiculous. Just two months ago, I had no more food in my fridge and I need to cook for dinner. I, whenever I go out and I'm not with someone, I need, I ideally like to be on the phone. If not, I like to have my earphones on so I can listen to music because again, I'm scared. I feel like everybody's looking at me. I start feeling really oppressed and that just heavy sensation in my chest. I don't feel comfortable. I want to cry. <laughs> I sometimes do cry. It's just hard. So I try again to have a little distraction. Um, and I'd forgotten my earphones at my boyfriend's. So what did I do? Um, I couldn't go. So I went to bed very, very early. So that's, I was hungry, but my body wouldn't realize I was hungry. It was just kind of like, whatever. But I went to bed on an empty stomach because I couldn't get myself up to go to Little and buy whatever when nobody's looking at me. And I know this. So I thought you can't, live this life anymore where you're forcing yourself to go to without having eaten any dinner just because of your anxiety telling you that everybody's looking at you no you can't do this anymore nobody's judging you nobody cares 
this has got to stop. And I finally started therapy and it's been great. But this very long story essentially is to just open up that conversation of to someone that struggles with anxiety, this could have all felt super relatable or not, but this could have felt super relatable, which one is great because a few things have saved my life. Of course, my family and my close ones, but I owe my life to a few things which enabled me to get out of there. Artists, I remember Ariana Grande's famous Thank You Next came out when I was going through the first phase of very low moods and she was very honest about struggling. Artists like Mac Miller who speak about mental health, YouTubers, actors, anyone. I used to watch a lot of comfort YouTubers that were just so honest about what they were going through and I think that helped me because I remember thinking I'm not crazy and I remember just feeling so overwhelmingly relieved that I could relate to someone because I was like, okay, if I can relate, this means I'm not the only one going through this. And this then opened up conversations with friends. And now I have conversations about mental health very easily with colleagues and friends and friends of friends. But just these people made me feel so normal and made me feel like, okay, well, I can get through this. It's okay. And this is the problem with mental health is it's not normalized in the slightest. It's not what it used to be, but we're still not at a point where mental health is recognized as something as important and as valued. Um, and that's all across the border. That's health professionals. The first time I decided to get help um, was in my second year of university. And I remember getting out of there, calling my mom and my best friend, Laura. I know you'll be listening to this on your way to work. <laughs> and thinking, I literally remember telling Laura, I am crazy. I am never going back there again. I will never get better. Like I've never felt more abnormal than at that moment where I was speaking to this health professional. But it's also like friends and family and just the people around you who just don't understand. Don't understand at all either because they don't go through it or because they go through different things or because they're not comfortable talking about it, whatever it is. But I think these are why these conversations are essential because it's very difficult to make tangible to someone that doesn't go through it. And I think to a certain extent, it is impossible for someone that doesn't go through anxiety or any form of mental ill health to completely relate to someone that does. But it's important that people know what to ask, what to expect, and are able to understand certain behaviors. I remember um, a few years ago, I was speaking to a friend and I was telling her about social anxiety. I was telling her how I fear social situations. Um, and I was telling her, I also have a very rational fear of pigeons. So I was like, imagine this. I'm scared of pigeons, you're not. We're walking alongside the pavement. You and me, we're next to each other. A pigeon appears. What am I gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna cross the road or I'm gonna wait for the pigeon to fly off. If I'm with my siblings, I might ask for one of them to shoo it away. But in that moment, because of that irrational phobia, I cannot just walk past it. So you would walk past that pigeon without even thinking about it. I've already seen it. I'm already nervous from just having seen it. And I have to find a way to walk around the pigeon and that fear, but in a way that is also efficient. So I was like, this is essentially anxiety. You might not see the obstacle there because to you it's mundane, but to me, it's a lot. And so I'm sat there seeing that pigeon, which is whatever situation is making me anxious for whatever reason. And I have to think of a way 
that I can get to what's behind the obstacle without triggering something in me or or without taking the letting the fear take over to the point where I just walk away walk away turn around and walk the other way and pigeon you've won and I'm not sure if it's a very great analogy but it's just yeah it might not make sense to you but it doesn't mean it's not important and it doesn't mean it's not real it seems so silly so silly to not be able to go to the store to the grocery store because I'm scared of strangers looking at me but rational it might not make rational sense to you but it doesn't mean it isn't real and although you're thinking but it's not a big deal at all to me it is the biggest deal it is the biggest deal and I know that people are not going to look at me and people don't care but that doesn't matter that fear is already there in my brain that barrier that obstacle that feeling is already there and so what I need to do is learn how to work with that feeling so I think that's the journey that I'm on today I'm learning to live with my anxiety and take control of it. I think I finally accepted that it's going to be with me probably for my whole life and that it's going to be, there's going to be times where it's more present and times where it's less, but it's probably always going to be there. It's always there in the back of my mind. Um, but yeah, it's learning to live with it and control it. But this is why I wanted to make this podcast and share kind of my experience with everything because yeah, you might think, oh, they're not getting out of bed. They're being lazy. Oh, they're not coming to that party. They're being rude. Oh, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're overreacting. They're being annoying. They're seeking attention. Oh, they're not performing well in the school. Just laziness. It can be a lot deeper than that. And society's outlook on mental health right now and the fact that this is it is that we consider the, we consider people who suffer with mental ill health as weak or as lazy or as overdramatic is so harmful because we are, to a certain extent, a lot of people are fully aware of what they're struggling with and how irrational it might sound to somebody else, but there's nothing they can do about it. They just have to learn to live with it and control it, but we can't suppress it. We can't pretend it's not there. I can't all of a sudden click my fingers and anxiety's gone. It's not that easy. It's not that black and white. And I feel like the more we have those honest conversations, whether it's going in the amount of detail that I went into or a lot less. I think these conversations need to happen. We need to be able to talk more openly about it to be able to help each other out. But also I think if society and social groups and families and any group, no matter the size, were more comfortable with mental health and were more maybe literate about mental health, without necessarily relating to it, the easier it would be for those people that are struggling to open up and to be honest about it and not be scared and then I be more and more isolated. I think the more we have them, the easier they'll become. Um, so yeah, it was a good way for me to put it out there and, and I can also not talk about all types of mental illnesses and diagnoses I, because I don't struggle with everything. My main thing is anxiety. This is my experience. This is what's helped and what hasn't helped. And this is why I, th I think it was important to talk about it. So I thought, why not? And then in the future, I might have more conversations about it, but nothing beats a good, honest conversation with no real, not your usual, oh, you should think this. And as a feminist, I'm this. And as a black activist, none of that today. None of my, and I read this article that blah, blah, blah. And if you read this author and just, me being way too far up my own and what I've learned and trying to deconstruct society and save the world and free us from social injustice. Today is just, yeah, 
I needed to get this off my chest. I wanted to have a conversation about something that's dear to my heart. I had no idea how to tackle the issue. So there's my attempt at it. And let me know. You might think not helpful at all. You might think very helpful. I don't know what you'll think, but I know that hearing things like this have made me feel so much better. And hearing things like this have also made me want to fight and start continue deep in conversations about mental health, mental ill health, anxiety, depression, because we need it, man. We need it. Nobody should be suffering in silence. Nobody should be feeling like this. Like, life is hard. And this is coming from someone who life isn't very hard for me objectively. Like, I've got immense amount of privilege. But life is hard. Just being alive is freaking scary and confusing and extremely overwhelming. And on top of that, add the other bullshit that people have to struggle with. And it's too much. Like, it's just too much. It's so intense. There's so much going on. Like, we need to at least be able to have honest conversations and gather together and be like, okay, today I really don't feel good. And go to professionals and be heard and not be told that we're overreacting, that it's hormonal. That is hormonal. I'm not gonna go on this because this episode is already too long, but hormones. I'm sick and tired of being told that my freaking anxiety disorder is hormonal. It's not. It just isn't. Not everything is about hormones. Anyways, told that or being prescribed with things that you don't want to go on. It's just you want to get to a point where these things don't happen and you can just be open and you don't have to feel excluded and alienated from everybody. Yeah. I just want us to be able to talk about it more freely and for people to there's nothing worse than struggling in silence mental health and life are hard enough complex enough confusing enough and overwhelming enough that no one should have to go through that on their own no one ever no matter what they're going through there should be people whether it's professionals or people in your circles that you can talk to and i think at this point the only way that people will become more comfortable with these conversations happening or more more comfortable opening up is if we just push those conversations into the mainstream if we just start talking about it nobody asked me to talk about my anxiety my journey how i've been how i haven't wanted to be alive for probably the past year and i'm just recently starting to find purpose and maybe be like okay this life thing isn't too bad like nobody asked me but everybody wants to pretend that it doesn't exist and i'm sick of pretending because pretending that everything's okay and pushing your feelings is what gets us all in in this in the first place and missed and this is why people are misdiagnosed this is why people i'm sorry trigger warning but take their own lives this is what why people are isolated this is why there's not enough training this is why there's waiting lists that are so long it took me three months to to three four and a half months to get and I'm, I'm not saying that in a complaining way, like I'm very thankful that I can go to therapy, but we shouldn't be living in a society where it takes you four and a half months because some people will not, will, will not have the energy to keep fighting for four and a half months. But if we talked about it more, that would allow for more training to happen. That would also probably allow for a lot of things to not happen in the first place. And it would just be a better world for freaking everyone. It always comes down to the same thing with a little bit more communication, a little bit more understanding and empathy, honesty, and 
willingness to have conversations, to lift taboos, to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable and change the norm. I really do believe that we can all live healthier, happier lives. So yes, after an hour of rambling and oversharing way too much, I'm done. This is the end of this episode. To anyone that's listened this far, I could not mean it more today. Thank you so much. I really, from the bottom of my heart, do hope that you enjoyed this episode and that this was a bit more than just a therapy session for me. And as I said at the start, interact with me, share your opinions, disagree with me all you want on my social media platforms and on the streaming platforms. Let me know what you like and what you dislike. Um, that is all for today. And I will see you all very soon for another episode of Juicy Conversations with Julie.